Hello, this is Mike, and welcome to another episode of Urban Legends and Mythology. On this episode, we are discussing parallel universes, infinite universes, the multiverse theory, all that really cool quantum reality stuff that has become the new horizon or new frontier in the whole realm of physics. Now, to be honest, I'm not a quantum physicist. I'm not a theoretical physicist. I'm not even an astronomer, even though I would have loved to have been an astronomer in another life. I mean, to this day, I still say that if I would have been better at math, I would have gone into astronomy. That would have been my career choice. But unfortunately, for yours truly, I am terrible at math, therefore I work in the finance industry. And that's not even really a joke. I am actually a customer advocate for a financial institution. You would actually be surprised how little math is actually used in that world. But that kind of does bring us to our topic at hand, the fact that there is this infinite amount of universes and timelines and realities where not only anything you can dream of has happened, but will happen, and is happening all simultaneously at once. So there is a universe where I am an astronomer and this show doesn't exist. Maybe I do a podcast about NASA or something like that. There are universes where I stuck with my archaeology career and maybe became a PhD in that field of study. There are also alternate realities where I maybe flunked out of high school and became a homeless heroin junkie. And even possibly a universe where I am a sentient taco and I am sitting here talking about the fact that a quesadilla is just a flat burrito. We all know it's true. And I'm looking at you, Chipotle, charging me $13 for what is literally a flat burrito. I mean, come on. And you put it in that little tray with the beans and the tomatilla sauce and the rice, and I have to basically construct it all myself. Yeah, I think that's a conspiracy I should get into. But I digress. So for those uninitiated in parallel universe theory, or the many worlds theory, or any of the science and physics which leads to that, let's start where we always do, right at the beginning. So the mini-worlds theory, or parallel universe theory, or now the interacting mini-worlds theory, they all kind of grew out of quantum physics. And it's only really within the last 10 or 15 years when they've really become mainstream and accepted. And to understand why that is, we really have to look at the world of quantum physics. Now, like I said, I'm not a quantum physicist, but I do have a very basic knowledge of the realm and for the sake of i don't know not overwhelming you with too much information all you have to really know about quantum physics is it is weird as fuck for one quantum physics does not play by the rules of newtonian physics at all in fact it is at this realm where newtonian physics completely breaks down and does not apply and even some of the greatest minds who study this field they will tell you that if you can make sense of it then you don't understand it because it is insane but i'm not really here to give a full-blown lecture on the intricacies of quantum mechanics god we'd be here all day and i'd be so confused that my brain would ooze out through my nose but i will quickly point out that it is because of these basic ideas from quantum mechanics those build the foundation which builds up to this multiverse theory this many interacting worlds world's theory, etc, etc, because it's from the results of some of these studies that suggests that 
there may be like parallel universes. And it really comes from this idea that is called basically the two golden rules of quantum mechanics. Rule one essentially states that a particle can be in quantum superposition where it behaves as though it is both here and there simultaneously. So essentially a particle behaves as if it's in two places at once. And rule two is when measured the particle will be found either here or there. And anybody who ever watched the show The Big Bang theory is familiar with that Schrodinger's cat experiment and that was basically a troll of this. And if at this point you're already unable to follow along then welcome to the world of literally everybody even most people who study this because it is a very dense weird subject. And yeah this is all taking place at the subatomic scale at the scale of electrons and photons. And it is essentially believed by most people, I would assume, that if you scaled this up, you could scale it up to the scale of our own universe. Think of our own universe like one of these mini particles. And to be honest, the idea of multiple universes, that is not outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, it's been a science fiction trope for... 50 plus years now, maybe even more, and a lot of people generally believe that our universe is just one of an infinite number of various universes that were either created out of the Big Bang or in this kind of ether where there's all these universes and they're all kind of a bubble. And some people believe that in order to get to these other universes, you would have to travel to the far edge of our universe and then pass through into the other one, which would take like a hundred billion years traveling at light speed. So it's impossible. However, there are other ideas out there. Some ideas believe that when these two universes kind of like touch each other or bounce off each other like bubbles in this kind of cosmic ether, that they can interact and it creates kind of soft spots and we can sometimes get little glimpses of those other universes. Some people believe that when those universes collide, it creates more big bangs, which creates more universes. Some people take a more philosophical approach. They believe it's timeline-based, so every choice you make breaks off another timeline which creates another parallel alternate universe. I used to believe that the universes were all sandwiched together, kind of like a thick pane of glass where, like that bullet-resistant glass where it's just all these kind of sandwiched together layers, and each layer is its own universe, and those that are closest to you sandwiching you in are the closest in your reality, and then the further out you go, the wilder it gets until you get so wild that it's unrecognizable. I used to believe in that, but nowadays I'm more of a fan of this many interacting worlds hypothesis which suggests that the whole universe and all of the universes and all that ever was and all that ever will be on an infinite scale are all occupying the exact same physical space in the exact same time and it is only separated by the difference in dimensions. Of course I personally take a slightly more philosophical approach. I think that that's true but it's only separated by what our mind allows us to perceive or what our consciousness allows us to perceive. So right now I'm existing in this universe. I'm sitting at this desk. I'm talking into this microphone and I'm drinking this delicious Jackie O's Dark Apparition Imperial Stout from, I believe it's right here in Athens, Ohio. Yeah, Athens. That's cool.
But in another universe, I'm sitting here at this exact same desk. I'm talking into this microphone, and instead of drinking that, I'm drinking my favorite Voodoo Ranger. Or I'm doing all that while drinking a Voodoo Ranger, and the walls are blue instead of white. And each time one little variable or a number of those variables change, it spawns off into another reality. If all possibilities are accounted for, and that's an infinite number of possibilities, and that's an infinite number of decisions, and that's an infinite number of universes and I think what we forget is truly the word infinite how huge that is because there are realities that aren't just human based I mean there are realities where earth never sprung life there are realities where the sun is a red giant and earth has already been swallowed up there are realities where it's the year 1512 and the internet won't be invented for almost another 500 years and if you really want your mind blown since we're talking about infinity that means there are an equal amount of universes that don't even exist. Now, is this all just speculation? Is it all just some grandiose mental exercise? Well, in a way, yeah. There is scientific hypotheses and theories at the quantum level that suggest all this, and I would highly suggest anybody who's interested in that subject matter to go to Google Scholar and read some of that stuff, some of those articles, because yeah, they're a tough read, but what you clean from them can be fascinating sometimes and sometimes the abstracts will actually dumb it down for like the likes of you and me it's not all scientific gobbledygook but aside from that how do we the general population how do we know that alternate realities exist outside of science fiction well for one we do have accounts urban legends but still accounts of people who have either been to this alternate reality or have been to other alternate realities and it is believed that it is possible for our consciousness to sometimes drift into these alternate realities without us even knowing it so one case comes from this woman in like i think it was the early 2000s i don't remember her name but she said she woke up in her apartment one day and things just seemed a little off she was in her normal apartment everything seemed fine however some of the furniture was out of place which was weird. Her coffee maker, which she knew for a fact was this like brushed chrome steel, was black. Her keys weren't in the right place and there was food in her refrigerator that she didn't eat. She didn't know where it came from. So she just puts that on her mind. She just thinks maybe it's just a result of that kind of early morning brain fog you get when you're not quite awake yet. So she puts it out of her mind and she gets ready to head to work. Well, she gets to work and she realizes that the office building that she worked in every day for years just seems slightly different. The carpet in this office building, which had always been this disgusting puke green color, was now this really lovely shade of like blackish gray. It was kind of nice. Yet she gets to her office and she realizes that she's in the wrong department and that she actually works in a different department in the building for a boss that she had never met before. So she goes about this very strange day at the office and she gets home and she realizes that her boy boyfriend that she broke up with a month ago is sitting there because in this reality they had never broken up. However, they have dinner, they go to bed, and when she wakes up the next day, everything's back to normal. And it's believed that for that whole day, her consciousness had slipped into an alternate reality and only came back that night when she went to bed. And another more famous case like this happened in 1950 in an airport in Japan. A man who worked 
work for like this international company. He was going to Tokyo for work. Now he takes a quick nap on the plane and when he wakes up everything's fine. He's walking through the airport and this was nice because in the 1950s that TSA garbage that we have here in post 9-11 America today did not exist. You didn't have to worry about taking off your shoes or walking through an x-ray machine or getting fondled by some fat 300 pound pervert who's only there to grope young attractive women. Hell you didn't even have to show ID to buy a ticket. You could literally walk up to a ticket counter and just buy a ticket for cash to literally anywhere in the world as long as you had your passport once you got there you were good and that's kind of where we're at so he gets to the airport and he gets off the plane and he walks up to like the little customs thing and they ask to see his passport because they have to stamp it you know so he goes up to the agent the agent asks him for his passport and says so where are you from and he says well i'm from Tuared." And after he says that, it kind of throws the person at the little passport table or whatever off guard. They're like, Tuared? I've never heard of Tuared. Where is Tuared? So she looks down at the passport thinking maybe he's just talking about a city, and that passport says the kingdom of Tuared. So in her confusion, she politely excuses herself, and then she calls over another agent just to get a second look at this passport. Because to be honest, they assumed that she was probably from France because he was speaking Japanese with a really thick French accent. So the other agent, he looks at the passport, and this was a real passport, and it had had real stamps from real countries where he had traveled to before, and even stamps from that very airport that he had traveled to before in the past. But both of them are confused. They have never heard of the Kingdom of Tored. And at this point, the traveler, he's getting a little kind of frustrated. He's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you just haven't heard of it because it's a very small nation, but it has existed for over a thousand years. It was originally created by Charlemagne himself. And furthermore, I have traveled through this same airport twice previously this month and you stamped my passport for me with no issues. So the one officer, he's like, okay, we're going to figure this out. So he goes and gets a map and it's a map of the world with all the nations of the world on it. And he says, sir, can you point out the nation of Tuared for us just so we know? And he points to this little principality in Western Europe on the Iberian Peninsula. And the small state he was pointing to actually does exist. It's a small principality sandwiched in between Spain and France, and it's called Andorra. It had been around since Charlemagne first kind of created it in the late 800s. And for whatever reason, I don't really know the actual reason why, but it's always remained independent. It never ended up getting swallowed up by France or Spain. So they tell the guy, sir, we know that nation. That is the principality of Andorra. And the guy looks confused. He's like, what the hell is Andorra? I've never heard of Andorra. You guys are crazy. So at this point, they actually think the guy might be up to no good. They think he might be a spy or a criminal or something. And now they have to figure this out. So they take him back to one of these little interview rooms and they kind of take all of his possessions, which included currencies from various nations, which okay, that's fine, but also currency from the principal of Tuared, as well as traveler's checks from a bank 
in Tuared. However, this bank does not exist. And while they're holding him in basically this interview room, they're basically interrogating him. They're saying, okay, well, where do you work at in Tokyo? He gives them the name of the company he works at. They call the company, which actually was there, but they have no record of him. They then ask him what hotel he's staying at because he said that he had just made reservations at the hotel the day before. They call the hotel. They'd never heard of him. There's no reservations under that name. So now they're almost 100% convinced that they have somebody on their hands that's either a criminal or a spy and he's flying on these falsified documents and there's something weird or crazy going on here. Which really isn't outside of the realm of possibility because remember this is Japan in 1953. Japan is still under U.S. military occupation. It's been under it since 1945. The Korean War is just starting to wind down and the Americans and the Soviets and their allies are all putting their pawns in place for the Cold War. And a guy traveling in East Asia at this time with falsified documents that look real, like they were created by an actual state, is probably a spy who's probably using these documents to cover up whatever nation he's actually traveling from. So they go back into the room with the guy and they essentially tell him, listen dude, we don't actually know what's going on here. We see that you've traveled through this very airport several times in the past. However, this is suspicious. Now we're not arresting you, but we are going to detain you for a day or two until we can really figure out what's going on here. And the guy at this time, he's frustrated because he's been in these guys' custody for about an hour or two. And he's like, you know what? I just want to get to the hotel and lay down. I got a headache, maybe get something to eat. And yeah, we'll do this tomorrow. So they take him over to the airport hotel and they post two guards outside of his door. So sometime around 5 or 6 p.m., he decides he's going to get room service. So a woman comes up and brings him a meal and he goes, to bed for the night and all night not a sound is heard those two guards stood outside that door all night and that door was the only way in or out of that hotel room aside from like a sit story drop from a window however when the guards went into that room the next morning to retrieve their detainee he was gone there was no evidence that he had ever been there the bed was made the dinner tray was there untouched and his documents which were confiscated and in a locked room at the airport had mysteriously disappeared that day as well. The man from Tuared vanished into the ether never to be heard from again, except for an urban legend, and it has been speculated ever since that he was a visitor from a parallel universe who had somehow unknowingly slipped into our reality and spent a very frustrating day in it. And who knows, maybe his counterpart actually slipped into his reality that day and had a very frustrating experience at the Tokyo airport with officials who had never heard of the nation of Andorra because in the multiverse all things are possible. Now a lot of people who have studied that particular urban legend has attributed to this guy who was flying around Asia and the Middle East at the time on these falsified passports and tried to pass fake travelers checks and stuff in the later 50s and early 60s but even that idea and that link kind of holds about as much water as the 
multiverse theory, so take it as you will. Personally, I think people slipping in and out of realities makes more sense. And that's because of one more thing that comes up when a lot of people discuss multiverse theory, but they don't really deep dive into it, and that's the Mandela effect. And a lot of people will dismiss the Mandela effect as simply misremembering things because, to be honest, our brains aren't the best at storing memories. But you gotta give the brain some credit. I mean, it's a supercomputer made out of basically mushy tapioca that's electrified and it's running a meat suit which is hallucinating the entire universe around it. It's doing its best, alright? But the problem is, even though the brain doesn't always do the best job at storing memories, some memories exist that don't line up with actual historical events. And a lot of these memories are collective amongst several groups or several thousand or several million individuals. So to discount that as just the brain not remembering something correctly doesn't really make a lot of sense. Now, the Mandela Effect actually gets its name from former South African President Nelson Mandela, who for 30 years was a political prisoner in South Africa due to his anti-apartheid stance. I won't go into his whole life story, but the basics is he was a political prisoner in South Africa. He was in prison for 30 plus years, and a lot of people not only remember him dying in prison, but to this day they will tell you that they know he died in prison. However, in 1993, after 30 plus years in prison, he is released and he goes on to become the first black president of South Africa. And there's other instances of the Mandela effect. It's everywhere. Everybody is convinced that Sinbad was in a famous movie in the the early 1990s where he played a genie and that never happened. A lot of people are convinced that that famous line from the movie Casablanca, play it again Sam, is actually in there. Well it's not. The actual line is play it once Sam for old time's sake. One of the most famous ones from movie, the infamous line, Luke I am your father. Well, it was actually, no, I am your father. And it's not all just from pop culture. There are individual memories, personal memories that I have that I know are true. However, when I look them up, they're nowhere near right. For example, some things from my personal life, some Mandela effects. I distinctly remember being in 10th grade when the Evanescence song, Bring Me to Life, came out. Now, I was in 10th grade from 2001 to 2002. However, that song didn't come out until February of 2003. And this is another one from pop culture from my youth. I distinctly remember when Linkin Park's first album, Hybrid Theory, came out. I remember people hating that album. Now, you can't find a single person today that said that they ever hated that album. And something more recently, I live in Lancaster, Ohio, and in Lancaster, Ohio, we have a park, and in that park is this little mountain. It's not really a mountain. It's more like a glorified hill, but it's called Mount Pleasant. And for years, I have driven by this mountain, and whenever I would drive by on literally my daily commute, I would notice sometimes that there was this kind of cinder block kind of facade there on the side of the mountain with a door in it, and I thought it was like the entrance to like a pump house or something for the well, you know, for, you know, the various houses kind of on that street. Well, it turns out that doesn't exist. I have not seen that 
for a year, as well as some other Mandela effects in my personal life that I don't really care to go into right now. But the thing with the Mandela effect is we have all experienced something like that at some time, some glitch in reality that we couldn't explain. Now, a lot of people will just write it off as misremembering or false memories, but what if it's not misremembering or false memories? What if we are not only just experiencing all universes all at once, but what if our consciousness is slipping in and out of different universes and getting stuck in these new universes and timelines? And let's get philosophical again. Speaking of consciousness, what if we were to die in one timeline? Would our consciousness slip into another timeline and still remain? Because in a universe of infinite possibilities, there's the possibility that I had a heart attack just five minutes ago and now my consciousness has slipped into this reality where I haven't had a heart attack. Now, I'm not saying that those memories we have are from timelines which we died in, but they are probably from timelines where we maybe swapped consciousness with our counterpart. Our counterpart's still living in that timeline, believing the opposite of everything I had just mentioned. And I will admit all this stuff sounds like something out of some kind of sci-fi novel. However, when you do experience the Mandela effect firsthand and you start thinking about parallel universes and the many worlds interacting theories, then it may be closer to reality than we initially thought. Because remember, at a quantum physics level, none of the rules that we're used to apply. Our consciousness possibly interacts on several planes all at once simultaneously without us even being aware of it, except for when we are able to tap into that reality where we can tap into that consciousness and then that becomes our new reality. But at the end of it all, I think that the reason why parallel universes, parallel worlds is so appealing to us is just because it's that human nature of just asking what if. What if I had made this choice instead of that choice? What if I had asked out that one particular girl? What if I had quit my old job earlier? Or what if I had never chosen my current career path? And then we get into the larger questions outside ourselves. You know, what if Donald Trump never became president? What if, what if the Axis had won World War II? What if Rome had never risen? What if the universe didn't exist? It's a treasure trope for anybody writing science fiction because you can literally find any break-off point and make a story out of it. But for some people who get a little too philosophical, it can become an existential nightmare. Why am I living in this reality where I'm broke or, I don't know, unemployed or a junkie or whatever when I can be living in the reality where I'm a rock star? It's that ultimate question of what if. And I think our minds like to indulge down those paths sometimes, because it really makes our world a little more interesting to live in. Now, I know I just glossed over a whole bunch of stuff that I could really deep dive into, and I did kind of go off on so some rambling tangents, but that's really all I have for this episode. To be honest, this idea has kind of been on the back burner for a while, and I didn't really have a cohesive way to really string it together, so I just got drunk and just started rambling, and hopefully the editing process will make it sound somewhat coherent. However, as always, this is Mike, and if you did enjoy this episode, all I ask is 
that you maybe tell a friend. Word of mouth is truly the primary way that this little podcast spreads. Because to be honest, a niche show like this with this genre doesn't really get pushed up the charts on a lot of the platforms out there. We get buried behind true crime and finance and exercise. However, anything helps. Word of mouth, sharing my links, donating to that Spotify thing. And hell, if you're a content creator as well, if you have a podcast yourself, feel free to shout me out or share my trailer or whatever. I would highly encourage that and I would do the same in return. But once again, I do thank you all for listening and I will see you in the next episode.